0: You are a hero, i am tell you that. No, don't say that. No, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> doing
1: what I can to survive and helping out my friends. Yeah, that's what heroes do. Hi, everyone. <laughs> it's great to be back for season two after taking a few weeks off. Welcome to Dear Future Grandkids. This is the show where we ask an interesting guest the big question. What would you say to your future
2: grandkids? I'm Jen in Singapore. That's Percy in the Philippines and that's Ange in Hong Kong. How's everyone doing today? We are live on Facebook and live on YouTube. Thank you so much for your support. And we hope you'll keep us company in season two. I have fond memories about season one. I look back and I see the snippets that uh, are being posted and it brings back so many memories, like Rachel singing, the belly roll, and the eye (laughs) roll. I I wish I could forget the eye (laughs) one. You know, I look forward to season two. How about you, Ange?
3: Of course, hanging out with you 2 has been the best thing, but it's all the laughter that we have just beforehand. All the chaos, the dogs barking, all the drilling, cameras not working, mics not working that I'll remember. And then of course, the fantastic guests that we've met. I've discovered things about them and I've discovered things about myself that never ever would have happened if it wasn't for this show. So it's fantastic. And how about you, Jen?
1: You know how much I love you guys and love working on the show. but probably for me one of my favorite parts of the show is when we had asha gail our really good friend on the show and we made her cry and i know that sounds quite bad but i really just quite enjoyed it <laughs> let's kick off season two where we will be building a video time capsule for one of singapore's most loved and recognized entertainers Officially known as Singapore Boy, he's a consummate performer director whose skills include singing, dancing, acting, piano playing, and stand-up comedy. He's actively involved in theatre, television, film, and radio. He's trilingual, which means he's fluent in English and French, and he tries his best in Mandarin. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only, I like to call him my good friend too, please welcome Hoseon Leong
0: hey oh my gosh
1: three countries in
0: one live stream so exciting i feel so important
3: (laughs) so hassan you've been there you've done that you continue to be there do it in three words how would you describe yourself
0: creative impulsive and fun i hope
3: (laughs) i would go along with that and where were you born
0: in singapore was it jurong hospital i can't remember now i don't think i was there when i was born I mean, you know, <laughs> before I realized I was born. But <laughs> that, well, well, my question is, what do you want to be
2: when you grew up?
0: Actually, you know what? I had four ambitions. I wanted to be either a lawyer, a teacher, a journalist, and funnily enough, an actor. <laughs> yeah. Back then in Singapore, you had to get good results for your second language. For me, it was Mandarin, right? In order to go to university, <laughs> I flunked it four times. I had Fs all my life for, for Chinese, so I couldn't become a lawyer. Not a journalist, not a teacher, so
3: I became an entertainer. And it all worked out. And yeah, and now out. I teach.
0: I have played a lawyer. I write. <laughs> 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 it's funny how life kind of like looks after you.
2: <laughs> it all works out in the end. Where did you go to school, Jose?
0: I went to this school called ACS in Singapore, uh, Anglo-Chinese school. It was an all-boys school. It was one of those schools, right, that whenever you go out and you meet other boys, other people, you can go, you're an ACS boy, right? It's those kind of schools.
1: I know you've done a lot of jobs before, but what's the worst job you ever had?
0: I was invited to do stand-up comedy for a company. This was very early on in my career. And it was an open-air buffet dinner-styled event. They introduced (laughs) me. Half an hour stand-up comedy. Of course, did you think anyone was listening? No. (laughs) And then the client didn't want to pay. They said, I wasn't funny. I'm like, you guys were not even listening. You were going to get food. And this, the same jokes I did for my sellout shows. You know what I mean? So for budding freelancers out there, be careful. Make sure you get your 50% deposit. (laughs) (laughs) Can't believe it It was a bank, by the
1: way. (laughs) So that's the worst job. What would you say is the best job you ever had?
0: I have so many good memories of so many jobs. From theatre to TV shows to film. I had the opportunity to travel. And I really can't put a finger on which one was the best. Every time I do a job, it's so dear and precious to me because as entertainers, it's it's hard. (laughs) Especially so now. I try to treat each job as the most special one every time I get one.
1: And finally, tell us about your latest project, The Curious Case of the Missing Piranha Gun Treasure. Just give us a, a nice little setup.
0: I'm very proud of this project because I think it's the first virtual interactive play. And it's a whodunit. It's a mystery set in Raffles Hotel Singapore. And initially I wanted it to be a murder mystery, but I knew the hotel said no because it's a hotel. So it became <laughs> a burglary. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I wanted to make it non-linear. So when you click on this link, and it's virtual, so anyone in the world can play this game and watch this show. You're given a map of the Raffles Hotel. You click on locations on this map and scenes unfold. And you've got to take notes because it's the red herrings and the characters are there and they're telling the story of how this thing got stolen in the hotel it's like an agatha christie movie but cut up and shifted around yeah and then you get to scroll pan zoom on your computer so it's very interactive you click on glowing objects on the scene and it flashes you back into the past and at the end all six suspects will be lined up before you and you just choose one you click and then it'll be revealed. And if you choose the correct one, you get a chance to spend one night at the Presidential Suite at Raffles Hotel, Singapore. Not
3: bad, right?
0: I'm entering. Yeah, three well, rooms for the three of us. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> at the Presidential Suite. You can all stay very badly. Very very yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Look, we have a trailer, and it's super cool. So let's take a look at this trailer.
2: This is our historian, Mr. Charles Ching. He's invited some distinguished old friends of his for the grand opening of our exhibition, Treasures of the
0: Straits. The crown jewel of the exhibition has gone missing and you think
1: I did it? There are many different reasons why one would be a thief. Between distinguished guests and my trusted colleagues, I wouldn't know where to start. That's why we're hoping someone of your caliber would be able to recover our treasure Discreetly.
2: Thank you for helping us with this rather curious and unfortunate case. The curious case of the missing Piranha Khan treasure. A virtual interactive whodunit. Get your tickets now.
1: Yay! Wow
0: it. <laughs> you think? <laughs> All my actors were so wonderful. I had a great time filming it.
3: I love it because it mixes travel and people haven't been yeah. able to travel for the last few years. It mixes storytelling. It mixes suspense. There's a game element, contest element. You've got the interactivity. Also, Hosan, I have to say the fact that, you know, we're in this industry. We know it's been really tough in terms of work. So the fact that you're employing people, you're doing yeah. creative work you're supporting you know many families it's just amazing so thank you yeah. it looks great no,
0: thank you I, I mean i wanted to collaborate with other industries because we can't survive on our own the arts can't just can't say you know what we're just going to do our own thing no so i wanted to bring in tech bring in hospitality bring in heritage from here i want to springboard into other places and other venues and and try using new tech, you know, AR, XR, whatever R they have nowadays,
3: (laughs) and see what happens. Well done indeed. Now, Hosan, talking about sort of looking around and interacting with an environment. Now, you know, on Dear Future Grandkids, we have no shame. (laughs) And I know you're not at home right now. I know you're working in your office, but that's not going to stop us. So I wonder if you could... Show us around a little bit Give us a little bit of tour of your glamorous life Of a director, actor and entertainer
0: Okay, I just have to tell everyone now That my office is a mess, okay It's it's a literal storeroom Rehearsal space, working space We even have a recording studio For voiceovers and stuff Come, follow uncle (laughs) I work in a really nice building An old building called Golden Mile My piano is here
3: wow you really Whoa. set
0: up if anything happens we go into major lockdown i can be holed up here very very happily except the toilet outside the public
2: and it's very smelly <laughs> are there two items there in your office that mean something to you this is a photo of my mom and my dad and me
0: and this was taken after i did this musical called a french kiss my folks took a while to accept what i do oh what did your son do Uh, it's just some actor you know he'll get a real job one day kind of thing so it took a while for them to be proud of me and what i do they started coming to see shows that i do and and musicals and plays and stuff like that so that was one of the rare times that we took a photo together nice it's on my piano (laughs)
1: Right <laughs> I love this. this. This is the most interactive we've ever been. Sending yeah. our guests out to pick up items and coming oh, back. Wow. Oh, <laughs> oh
3: wow! I
0: always do stand-up comedy. This is my first show that I played the piano and kind of cabaret-ish. And uh-huh. it was it was in 2008. Can you imagine? It was called Seriously Hosan. I played songs from my favourite composers and musicians like Billy Joel, Elton John, Barry Manilow. All the millennials have no idea who we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So this, this was a poster that the Esplanade here in Singapore um, did for me.
3: Hazan, we're going to switch tones a little bit now. We want to hear okay. about your family. What were your family like growing up?
0: I think I had a pretty normal childhood. (laughs) My little brother is now a father. He presents the program Money Mine on Channel News Asia 938 on radio. We used to always go up to Malaysia. I mean, you know, that's all we could afford, driving up in a convoy with all our cousins and uncles and aunties. And that was our school holiday trips that we used to make all the time. Back then, we didn't have what call those rest areas, right? So we had to go poo and pee by the roadside. Very glamorous. My parents supported uh what i did like i said it took them some time to come around but when they finally did we did you know show them that i could make a living they, they're kind of like okay my family and the extended family my cousins and aunties and uncles we used to gather quite often we used to gather for birthdays we used to gather for random like uncle would say oh I, I managed to get a chalet let's go then we all go to the show i don't know why my uncle sticks for that but anyway <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's the uncle voice. and then we would go and and we would have a weekend away and my dad had a big influence because my dad was always so fun all my cousins would go Ooh. uncle vincent uncle vincent and then he'll wrestle with them he'll tell silly jokes he'll jump on the stage grab a mic and sing songs I'm a chip off the old block, really, and I'm very proud of my dad. He's Aww. amazing bringing us up. And he was a factory worker. My mom did a lot of other jobs, and she was a florist.
2: I was actually wondering where you got it yeah. from. You became yeah. an actor, you became a performer, but surely that comes from somebody in the family.
0: My grandmother, my mother's side, apparently was a Cantonese opera singer from Ipoh. And oh, I didn't wow. know that. Yeah.
2: Wow. And, and one of my aunts
0: from Ipoh was a dancer back in the day, a grand aunts. And she left for London to become a dancer on West End. She ended up marrying Yul Brynner. Can you imagine?
2: No. (laughs) Really? From The King and i It's in your DNA. (laughs) What have you learned from your parents,
0: I guess? You know, there's some things that you do when you're growing up that you're not really proud of. But parents will always kind of accept you for who you are. And that's something I really, really am very grateful for. Because in this industry, it's just so crazy, right? I mean, one minute you're up, one minute you're down. And mental health can be an issue as well to a lot of entertainers. But I think my family has kept me very grounded. My friends as well, so that's great. I don't have many friends in the industry. It's good that way, I think. (laughs) I mean, not not to say that I don't have friends in it, I do. But you know, if something kind of crops up or if I need a heart-to-heart, it wouldn't be someone in the industry, if you know what I mean.
2: So you know, there is a part of the show where we ask you to get your phone and leave a voice message to someone important in your life and we'll just eavesdrop <laughs> something we love to do on, on whatsapp eavesdrop. is it and then just just record and send hey it's me just to say
0: thank you for always being there when i call text message scream for help <laughs> and always being logical because <laughs> okay you might think this is really really weird right but uh... okay thanks bye
3: Oh, you were so awkward. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you not do calls like that or leave messages like that? or? No. No?
0: I don't. No? Because growing up, my family wasn't very vocal Impressive. or even physical. or Yeah. You know, typical lah. Being, you know, uh, Asian family is like, oh, you know, you can always do better. But... So growing up, it was very hard to even get praise out of my parents. Not that it's, get, it's had an impact on my life, because now that you, know, you come to a point where you go I don't need to prove anymore, you know, so I'm just doing my thing. As long as I make people happy and I don't hurt anyone, that's fine. But I guess saying that to whoever I said it to, because I'm not supposed to tell you, was easier because this person has always stood up for me and helped me through a lot of things. Yeah.
3: That sounds um, really sweet. If you get a reply before the end of the show uh we would love to hear
0: yeah, it it's just come in okay wait huh
1: oh oh, it did, oh. It
0: did. oh i'm in the toilet and i'm listening to this
1: that's the reply
0: <laughs> he's listening to this in the toilet and he went off oh.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is when you know the show is definitely live <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the show is live good
0: oh. You should let it
1: really let it go <laughs>
2: in every way <laughs> okay that was the first time that we actually got a, a reaction yeah and, and we got it from the toilet <laughs> i'm
1: gonna hear no
0: end of it okay
1: <laughs> oh okay. Okay. one reason why you couldn't go to university or pursue one of your dreams becoming a lawyer because of uh, just you know not doing well in chinese which is really unfair was that part of the reason why you decided to have a career in entertainment
0: well i literally got kicked out of a levels my dad said you should go and learn a trade learn a skill make yourself useful so back in the 90s there was three institutions that the government here in singapore worked with three governments so we had the french singapore institute we had the German Singapore Institute and we had the Japan Singapore Technological Institute. So these three countries had put in money to these institutes to train Singaporeans to you know, work in the, their companies that they have set up in Singapore. So I got accepted into the French Singapore Institute to study electronics, ladies and gentlemen.
1: <laughs>
0: I know okay. it was the hardest four years of my life. Well... It was supposed to be three, let's put it that way, I had to do four because (laughs) I I almost blew up the lab one day. It was crazy because I came from a completely arts background, right? And then suddenly I'm thrown into this room, people going like, oh, Laplace formula, Faraday's law, oh, electricity, go this, go where? I'm like, what's going on? I just turn on the switch and there's light, I don't need to know why. And then we had to write computer programs, write software, code. And back in the day, the computer room was literally the size of a small apartment. I hated it. I hated it. But the good thing that came out of it was I studied French because I had to. Because everything, all the manuals and instructions were in French. I got three diplomas in French, in scientific and technical French, business French, and French French. I took that language and the culture and what I loved about it. And when I finally became an actor and entertainer, I used it to help build bridges between Singapore and France in terms of culture. How different yet similar we are. But how I got into entertainment was actually by chance. I was in the army and then the doctor that that would run the camp. You know, I would always jump up on stage like my dad, take the mic, Host the program. And he would say, hey, you know what? I think you should be on stage. My fiance, who's now his wife, uh, is an actress. at. This, there's a company called The Necessary Stage. You should go see them. So in 1993, I went to audition for a play. And they said, okay, we've got a really small role for you. You want to do it? I said, yeah, that was how I started in 93. <laughs> so I never looked back.
3: Wow. I
0: never went into electronics. <laughs> I realized, like I said, how life looks after you. I'm not afraid of tech. I know how to connect things without blowing up things i do my own lights i do my own sound so people ask me about career advice right never knock what you study and what you learn along the way because you never know when you might use it and now i look back and i go wow i'm glad i did that even though i hated it <laughs> can't say much about my chinese but anyway yeah <laughs> tv came along from stage yeah. to tv and then radio For 12 years of my life, I did the morning show from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. You know when you're young? Yeah, when you're young, you just do it all, right? After 10 o'clock, you rush for rehearsals, and then at night you perform, and then you go to sleep, and wake up at 4 to go to work again. It's like, yeah. What would you
1: say has been the biggest challenge for you
0: in your career? I think the biggest challenge so far is to remain relevant. It's so hard to keep yourself in the forefront of people's imagination and mind. When someone goes, oh, I need an actor, oh, I need a host, oh, I need a comedian. Who comes to mind, you see? That's why I have to keep doing stuff on social media because there's a whole different generation now who will hire me. It's getting harder and harder. So therefore, I'm trying to see how I can uh, work on the career part of it to make it more holistic so if someone hires me and says oh you know hey, we need ideas i go "Oh yeah sure can i creative consult for you and i have xyz abc who can do the job and then you start yeah. creating this ecosystem of people who can do the work and do it well so that your reputation doesn't go down the drain that's what i am trying to do right now you know in the meantime
2: I'm trying to save money <laughs> Because
0: <laughs> no retirement <laughs> fun.
2: <laughs> you've done so much and now your latest project is an interactive Who Done It. It sounds mm-hmm. like you've never stopped. You've always looked at any opportunity to make a show or to make content or entertain. And the great thing is you kind of reinvent the genres as you go and collaborate with new people. I mean that's amazing. Yeah. I think you'll always you. be relevant
0: thing is not to become complacent. A lot of people during this COVID times, especially in the arts, were very afraid of tech, very afraid yeah. of going digital. No, no, yeah. no, we can't, you know, we have to go back to theatre. I know we have to go back to theatre and we will when time is right. At the moment, look, we open, we shut, it's lockdown. People are stuck at home, they need entertainment. You just can't put an old play that you film for archives onto YouTube. How do we then touch
2: people's lives digitally? That's what I'm trying to do, I guess. You know, a lot of my friends in in live events see it your way. It's the same way for us in film and television. Mm. During the start of this pandemic, everybody went, when do we go back to the way it was? Mm. And I'm thinking, no, we just have to deal with the way it is. Absolutely.
0: Last year was when everyone was doing Zoom plays. Oh, singing and in little squares of $525,000. (laughs) Percy, you you knew about that, right? But that was last year. We can't keep doing that I anymore. Yeah, we gotta go one level above now instead of doing all that. We're still searching, still creating. Ideas are free, but getting the money to actually put this into motion is not easy because yes. I don't have money. I, I can't afford to do this. And so begging for money has <laughs> <it's>
2: been—it's <laughs> a new skill <laughs> that I'm trying to pick up, uh, <laughs> and it's not pointless. No. <laughs> On a personal level, what gets you going in the morning? Mentally, it's
0: to create something. I have set myself tasks so that there is something to go to. That's why I have this office. And also, three cups of coffee gets me going. (laughs) I think life is exciting. It's scary, but if you take that fear, like what I did, the whole curious case of the Miss Kiparanakan Treasure came about from fear because after I finished doing a huge show last year for National Day, I went, oh dear, I'm jobless. So from that, oh no, I've got nothing to do. I created this, you see. So it's important to embrace the fear and the uncertainty and turn it into something creative, rather than let it overwhelm you and then you feel powerless and helpless to carry on. You are a hero, I'm telling you that. No, don't say that. No, I'm just I'm just <laughs> doing what I can to to survive and helping out my friends. Yeah.
2: That's what heroes do from the moment you wake up, your day is so packed because you just with so many things that you (laughs) feel that you need to do. But what is it that you wish you could make more time for?
0: I wish I could make more time for myself, for my brain to stop sometimes, because I'm constantly thinking, not just me, I'm just saying this in general. I think a lot of people forget that me time is important
3: i think that's some advice that i think we need to hear i need i need to hear for sure take time out for yourself um so thank you for the reminder so hosan it's a very reflective show that we have obviously we're talking about legacy in the future how would you like to be remembered what would you like your legacy to be
0: that i made people happy
3: oh that's so (laughs) sweet
0: I had an epiphany in the mid, middle of my career because I was doing a lot of stand-up comedy. I'm not a natural stand-up comedian. I'm an actor. So my first stand-up comedy show was basically two hours' worth of script that I memorized, and I played a version of myself on stage. And then people started hiring me for gigs, for company, D&Ds, for dinners, and so I started doing that. And then I realized that there's a different kettle of fish because the audience is not there to watch me. They're there for dinner, and you're just hired to entertain. People are not listening. And then I got really bitter in the middle of my career, about in uh, early 2000s. And then my comedies had this really angry tone to it. It started getting very bitter because it's so destroying to tell mm. jokes and no one's listening or laughing. Or... Mm. Then I had a friend, good friends, you know, know how to bring you down to earth. He said, if you're not happy doing what you're doing, stop because it's coming across in your comedy. That woke me up. I asked myself, why? Why am I in this industry? Why am I doing comedy? Why am I on stage even? And I realized that deep down, I just wanted to make people laugh. I wanted people to be happy. So every time I go on stage and I see two people are looking at me and smiling or one person's laughing, I just concentrate all my energy on that
3: person. And I know I've made someone's day or night. A smile maker. That's really beautiful. (laughs) With that in mind, what advice do you think your 80-year-old self would give the you today?
0: don't be so hard on myself because you even
3: hard on yourself now
0: i need to do things to, and achieve things i'm not so bad now previously i would be a grabber whatever job that came my way i would take it um i've
2: learned to say no <laughs> i think your eight-year-old self can also tell the three of us that not saying no to gigs
0: <laughs> yeah it's because you always worry about what well, if you don't take this gig now means no money no etc etc yes.
1: how much money that do we need to live anyway Great advice, thanks Ozan. You know what, we're so happy that you spent time with us today to create this video time capsule. Unfortunately, we're about to close the show and you're about to close the lid on this time capsule and you get to leave a message. What do you want to say to your future grandkids? Dear future grandkids,
0: live life, have fun, be real because there's lots to experience, lots to enjoy. Lots to be happy for. I think it's important to treasure the moments that you have.
2: Hussein, thank you very much for being a wonderful guest. Yeah,
0: all the best for the rest of the season. And I hope one day we can all really meet up in person. Have a real nice, like, real talk show. We would yeah. love that. If you guys have anything you want me to help with anything, just let us know. Just a shout out. Oh. You know? I mean,
2: no, and Ange is asking about you know a clue for, for the mystery. <laughs> <laughs> she really wants that presidential just gave
1: No, her
0: Can a you challenge. imagine if you guessed correctly, Percy and Ange, your three-week quarantine in Singapore could be in the presidential suite. Wow! <laughs> <I> imagine <laughs> that. Wow. Finally, enough. I'm heading to the raffles now. Like it's a wrap-up thing for my cast today. What so you put together is amazing. Yeah. Thank amazing. you. Yeah, Thank true you. True yeah. true. Thanks. Thanks for giving me a, a platform to talk about it because it's hard to get the word out there because people don't understand what it's about. They think, oh, is it a movie? No. It's, is it a game? No. It's not because it's a new genre. It's so hard to explain. <laughs>
3: yeah you're a trailblazer it's hard to go first sometimes it really is but you open the door for others to follow and i think that's a really important legacy before we wrap i'd like to say thanks to our viewers who've been
2: joining yes. us you said such nice things there's daniel fang who said "Hosan, <laughs> facebook is it on facebook and marlon oh. passinon said welcome back to us and that this pandemic forced people to be more creative and more innovative thank
1: you everybody who will watch on that <laughs> note uh, what a great start to season two and thank you all for watching dear future grandkids i'm jen that's percy that's Ange. and thank you once again to our wonderful guest Jose leong thank you to thank all you. see you next week take care Bye-bye. bye bye bye